Hey, financially savvy travelers, welcome to another episode of the Thought Card Podcast. Now, I get asked all the time, what are my thoughts on points and miles? And although I do share them, I always refer them to Jet Set Lizette. So this is an episode that I am super excited to share with you. Lizette Austin, aka Jet Set Lizette, is an award-winning travel expert who has saved over $110,000 in travel costs. I'm gonna repeat that again, $110,000. She's also the host of the Globe Trotter Lounge podcast, a travel podcast which highlights creative ways women travel more. When she is not traveling the world with her family, you can find her teaching others how to earn and maximize travel rewards in her online course, Jet Set 101, Becoming a Travel Hacker. Welcome to The Thought Card, a podcast about travel and money, where planning, saving, and creativity leads to affording travel, building wealth, and paying off debt. We are the Financially Savvy Travelers. I always loved to travel and I always did travel, but not as much as I travel now. So, you know, it really has allowed me to go places I I didn't think I would get to without saving for years. I've been able to be much more spontaneous with my travel and kind of do very last minute um, jaunts to, say, Japan or, you know, Argentina, um, which really didn't feel like something I would ever ever be able to do and travel premium class, you know, business class and things like that. That's been amazing. Um, but really that flexibility, that, that's what I love, just being able to go when I want, where I want. Of course, right now there's a few challenges with the current uh, state of the world, but normally it just, you know, I have this capacity to just do it where before I felt limited. I felt like, God, I wish I could travel, but I can't, or, you know, I'm have to wait. And there was a sense of limitation. So it really opened things up and has allowed me to follow my dreams, you know, in regards to travel. And that's what I love about your story and what I get away from you saving over $110,000 in travel costs is that financial freedom, is that ability to, okay, use this as a vehicle and as a medium, as a way to travel um, affordably. And I know that you also uh, share a lot of the more luxurious experiences that you've been able to have because of travel hacking. Can you share a little bit of some of the most luxurious um, activities you were able to do because of the points and miles? Yeah, well, certainly I've been able to, like I said, fly business class. I did fly first class round trip to Buenos Aires, which was amazing when they brought me my pajamas and wouldn't let me make my own bed. Uh, I was like, okay, you know what? I could get used to this. Um, And then also staying in really high-end hotels. I remember when I stayed at the brand new Conrad in Portugal and Faro um, sort of at the last minute and realized that we were staying in a room that was going to be worth 1500 euro a night. They were upgrading us on the spot because of my card, my credit card I had. I didn't know it was a gold, whatever it was, Hilton uh, card. And so I got upgraded and my husband's like tapping me going, are you sure this room is covered? He's looking at the little price menu. Um, and that was amazing. We had an incredible breakfast too for free, like off the hook breakfast. Um, and then I would also add just being able to do really great 
uh, travel add-ons, you know, like walking tours in Tokyo and uh, because I haven't spent money on my hotel or my plane ticket. Exactly. And I, I really do appreciate that. And I definitely understand that when you can save money in one section in your travel budget, you can actually spend it on the things that really matter to you, which is important. Now, when you first started travel hacking, did you know how this was going to open you up to traveling so much? Or were you more, let's see, let's try this out? Were you apprehensive? Or did you know exactly what the outcome would be? Um, I was mostly just trying it out initially. I had seen online that people were doing this sort of crazy, you know, trying to get a million miles in a year or something like that. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, I don't even need a million miles. <laughs> like, who needs that? Um, I would just be happy getting a couple round trip tickets. I really wanted that back because we'd lost the ability to rack up a lot of miles and points with my husband's um he was a contractor at the time. I had a lot of overhead. So we would get a lot of, you know, dollars on those cards that his clients were paying off. And, and then, you know, there it was gone. So I just wanted a little bit. So when I tried some of these strategies and started getting, I think the first time I did uh, what I call a blitz, um, when I opened a number of cards on one day, um, I ended up with, I think 300 or 400,000 miles and points. And I was like, wait a second. Okay, hold up. That was crazy. Um, and so I didn't really realize how effective these strategies would be. And no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't anticipate this. And when I crossed over a million miles within that first year, I was pretty flabbergasted, you know, pretty shocked. <laughs> yes, I, I am still shocked. I'm like, wow, that is amazing. Especially for me, I have like a couple hundred thousand. So thinking about a million is like just amazing to me. Now, I know that when it comes to traveling and looking at points and miles, would you say that award travel is similar or equivalent to cash? If so, why or why not? Well, I do think my miles and points, which I have actually a million and a half right now, a uh, little over a million and a half miles and points, they feel like cash to me because it translates into, um, you know, tickets that are worth a lot of money. And I do track that. That's how I know that I have saved over 110000 or about $110,000 in travel costs. So to me, that's that's money. I mean, that's money I would have had to have made somehow or saved up or something. So I do see it as currency that I can use. And then some of those cards, some of the credit cards where I have those flexible bank reward points, again, feels a little bit more like currency because I can move those points around and you know beef up some of my... Um, pockets of miles like airline miles and United or American um, Airlines. So I can actually, you know, trade that over and it feels like, oh, now I can, even if I, even if I just want to use them to reduce costs, you know, like maybe I need part of the trip there and I'm going to pay for some reason for the way back or something. So yeah, it feels like cash to me. Yeah, it definitely does definitely feel like cash. I mean, it's like for me, at least in my strategy, I think of it as like the extra, you know, like, let me see how many points and miles to see. Let's see. Let's see. I can what I can do with this extra. So I, I love that frame of mind. Now, there's a common phrase that I hear all the time, which is like you should as a points and miles collector, you should earn and burn them because the, the theory is that the points lose value over time. So is that something that you think about, like even if when you're thinking about your points and miles, your million and plus as currency, are you still thinking about how it could be devaluing over time? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have always been an earn them and burn them type person. I was taught early on or I picked up early on that 
this is a changing game. And it really has changed since I started in 2012. Um, and so my, my thing has always been like, I don't know if I could get this many miles later. So, you know, I just, I just feel like I want to use them before they expire. And yes, you talked about devaluation that's happened too. Although I tend to worry less about that than some folks do. Um, but my thing is just using it now. I'm also the type that's just you know, well, my tagline or whatever is like, life is short, travel more. Um, I feel like, what are you waiting for? You know, like, I'm not going to wait till I retire. I want to do it now because I have the points now and I, I want to use them now. I had a friend who lost her points. Uh, she was planning to go to Peru. She'd saved up her American Airlines miles and then she was kind of hoarding them. And then she finally decided to use them and they'd expired. She wasn't paying attention. And it was a lot. It was a lot of points. So, um, it was like, I don't know, 150,000 points or something. So, you know, I just think, I don't want I don't want that to happen. <laughs> so I use them. And you know, this actually makes me think about the pandemic because I appreciated travel before the pandemic and I thought I did, but now it's like, gosh, what I would do for an opportunity. So I definitely understand that when you say like, you know, you appreciate them, yes, it's great, but you also use them as um as much as possible, which I think is very helpful. Now, I know that there are a lot of myths out there that are circling around about travel hacking. What are some of the myths that you think are like, don't listen to them or they're not true? would love to help you to debunk uh, some of these myths for the listeners. Yeah, yeah, there's so many of them. I think one of the first ones or the biggest ones is just that, you know, somehow if I do this type of travel hacking, which really there are a few, you know, there's quite a few ways to travel hack in the sense of just know, make your travel more affordable. I mean, couch surfing is a good travel hack. Um, but yeah, so one of the big ones though with the credit card travel hacking that I do is, oh no, this is going to completely ruin my score, which is, you know, legit. I guess you could ruin your score if you don't take good care of that. But my score has gone up since I started and I have opened a lot of cards over the last eight years. My score is now in the low 800s. When I started, it was in the low 700s. So it actually improved my score. So I love to bust that myth. I mean, there are some things you want to pay attention to. You don't want to have late payments. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to um, not pay at all, you know. So there are some things that you want to be careful about there. I also think another big myth is that you're automatically going to um, go into debt. And I think, again, you don't have to go into debt. Um, it's, again, just being careful and knowing what your what your spend ability is. And then also I hear a lot of people saying that, you know, you can get all these miles and points, but you can't really use them. And I guess right now during the pandemic, that actually might be feeling pretty true. But normally I, I found that I could use them really well in you know, there's a lot of tricks to being able to use them and just getting creative. But I, I have heard a lot of people say that like, oh, yeah, well, it's just not worth it. You know, it's just not worth it. Well, I, I'm sh I can show you that it is worth it based on how much I've saved. I've taken like seven of us went down to Mexico in the high season right at Christmas time. Like that should have been impossible, right, to get that many people all completely free uh, during high season. But we did it. So there's always a way to, to use your miles and points. Those are some of the big myths. No, I love that. Myths busted, which is great. Now, I know, I know also that you have like a tracking spreadsheet that helps you to know uh, how many cards you have and just really keep you informed. So how important is tracking not only your cards, but also tracking for your, your credit card spends so that you're not accruing interest and getting into debt? 
Yeah, for me, the tracking is is really critical. And um, I, I definitely like in my course, I provide a spreadsheet that I use and I, you know, people can use all kinds of, of tools, I suppose they could make their own. But I for me, especially opening the number of cards that I would open at once, I had to have a way to keep track and, and have a bit of a plan, you know, so that I wouldn't get overwhelmed or confused. And especially knowing what my spending capacity is so that I'm not overdoing it too. You know, you don't have to open a ton of cards. You need to just open what makes sense. There's things like also not having the late payment, really important. And, you know, there's a lot of tools out there, right? There's like, you know, budgeting software. I know the one I use, YNAB, they have, you know, I could set, um, I do this thing where I put the annual fee in there. I When I open the card, I, I go ahead and put it in for a year from when I open it. So it'll automatically pop into my budget and I'll go, wait, what's that? Why do I have an annual? Oh, yeah, I got to, you know, take care of that and close this card before the annual fee. Things like that so that I um, cannot have to spend more than I need to while doing the travel hacking and make sure I keep costs down, make sure I don't go into debt and make sure that I am paying on time and keeping my credit score healthy. Yes, all the things, which I think budgeting, like you mentioned, YNAB is a great budgeting tool. Budgeting also plays a really big factor in your strategy, which is really important. Now, when it comes to, well, the fact that now you have over a million miles, are you more selective with the cards that you pick? Or do you, like, how do you pick your next cards now that you have such a nice, I would say, nest egg? Right. Good question. So a lot of what I'm doing now, you know, I think I mentioned things have changed um, since I started. And one of the things that's changed is there's a lot more rules around how many cards you can open. Well, like banks won't approve you for their card if you have, say, more than five of uh, credit cards open in the last 24 or even 48 months. That's Chase I'm talking about. Um so there's more restriction on which cards I can open, honestly. So some of what's determining which cards I would open is what I'm capable of opening based on, you know, where I'm at and how many cards I've opened recently. Now, I will say that I use my husband's credit as well, right? So I'm help. I'm opening cards for him. So what we've done is we've gone on um, what we call 524, the five cards in 24 months rule. We go on 524 diets. Only one of us is opening cards for a while and the other one isn't for a few years. And that's what I've been doing the last few years now. So that is part of my strategy is looking at what what I can open. Um, and then I've opened so many cards, right, that I'm just sometimes kind of maxed out. But what I used to do was just really paying attention to those websites out there, like the points guy that are reviewing cards, they're announcing new, um, new cards, I definitely keep an eye out for for new ones, because there, there are new ones that pop up. Um, and looking for those good offers. And I don't really pay attention to what I have already or what I don't have. I mean, it's true that if I'm trying to go somewhere specific, I might say, gosh, I really wish I could get a United card. But I have so many miles now that it kind of doesn't matter. I can move points around, that kind of thing. But if someone were starting out, I would say you'd want to maybe look at where you want to go and um, maybe start with Chase, too. I'm kind of throwing in some tips. but <laughs> Yeah, no, that's helpful. Yeah, that's helpful because I've been blocked out of using Chase for as long as I can think. Because when I started, mm-hmm. when I started with uh, credit card, uh, credit card hacking, like I didn't know about the 524 Chase rule. Yes. So the 524 rule. So so Chase Bank has a lot of travel cards that are really good. So you do have to pay attention to that rule. 
And I always tell newbies, it's probably best to start with opening chase cards so that you could get some of them. The 524 rule says that if you've opened more than five credit cards in the last 24 months, they won't give you one of their travel cards. They won't approve you. And that is any credit card. If you've opened any credit card in the last 24 months, it's, that's a personal card. Let me add that caveat. Okay. So it could be a, it could be, you know, a Nordstrom's card. It doesn't have to be a travel card. Any credit card that you've opened in the last 24, that's a personal card, 24 months, then that will count. Okay. So you have to wait for those to roll off. You know, you have to wait till enough time has gone by. Um, and then you'll, you're hopefully will get approved if you have a good enough score, which always, I think they pretty much still look at, you know, 700s is good, maybe the upper 600s. So that is a thing and you do have to pay attention to it. And one of the things that I really appreciated about the, the tip that you offered about how you, how you work together as a unit with your partner, because for me, as someone who is going to be married in a couple of weeks, I used to think about, oh, it's just me and I can't open a chase card. But if I'm thinking of it as a unit, my partner may be able to open a chase card. So that may be opening up, uh, open up a whole new world. Do you have any tips to share for someone who's like, I want to do this and how do I like get my partner on board? Because again, talking about all the myths and even though we busted some myths, if they're still a little nervous, do you have any like things or things that you'd say or some tips or how you could bring your partner on board? Yeah, that, that could be a tricky one. I mean, you don't want to freak them out. And I mean, I think I've had some people, you know, bring people along back when I was giving in-person workshops, you know, they're like, I really need to get my husband on board or my wife, you know? Um, and I think just sharing some of those facts around, you know, this doesn't automatically mean we're going to go into debt. I think having a plan, you know, if you're using budgeting software, just sort of talking it through and also, keeping it reasonable to begin with. Just say, hey, if you're not feeling that comfortable with this, let's just open this one card and see how that goes. And I think usually once they see the return on that, then they start to go, oh, okay, so wait, I opened that card. I didn't have to go into any debt and now I have 60,000 more miles. Ooh, all right, I, I see your point. Um, so that's what I've seen happen with with couples is that, you know, one of them starts and then shows the other one, hey, look, now I have 300,000, you know, and I'm still not in debt. So yeah, but you don't want to just like start opening cards in their name without telling them that would not be good for the relationship. <laughs> when you're, You know, that would be pretty bad. Yes. So. And I also think that actually, when you're able to plan the trip, let's say you're using hotel points, and you're at this beautiful hotel, and you're like, hey, honey, like, look at this beautiful hotel that we didn't have to pay for. Like, that is also a good motivator mm -hmm. for it to continue to continue. Going. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think my husband was pretty excited after that hotel stay in Portugal. He's like, okay, what other cards can we get now? That was fun. <laughs> yes. Good motivator. A very good motivator. So for someone who like me, I have, I'm, I'm familiar with earning points and miles. Uh, but what happens after the sign up bonus. And I think that's where I'm struggling right now is, okay, I'm not necessarily opening a bunch of new cards, but I have cards that maybe are offering maybe two times cash back for dining and travel or three times. So do you have any tips for how to earn besides the lucrative sign up bonuses? Right. You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm actually not necessarily the 
best at that. But I have a friend who is. Uh, that's his whole thing is maximizing the cards you do have and knowing which ones to use when. Um, I was actually recently looking at like the Chase Sapphire, for example, gives, I think, three times the points on groceries and the reserve is five times the points. You know, the Chase Sapphire reserve, that card costs more. But that's an example of like, okay, you, you can know which card to pull out of your wallet. And I think the points guy, I keep you know, mentioning the points guy. I mean, he has like a team, a huge team of people, like two offices, you know, one in New York or one in London or something. So he has the resources to pull together an app that can actually tell you like, oh, you're near this gas station, use this card, you know, to um, uh, to buy gas because you're going to get, the, you know, double the points. So you can really pay attention to that aspect of it or like people will go to some lengths to do things like go to Office Depot, I'm blanking on which card does this right now, but if, you know, some cards will give you two times, three times, five times the points if you're shopping at certain stores. So if you're at Office Depot, people will buy gift cards for, say, Amazon because they know they're going to be buying whatever on Amazon. So instead of just buying it on Amazon, they get the gift card, then they use that. They're getting five times the points. I've, I personally haven't had the patience to do that because <laughs> I was opening so many credit cards. But right now, I'm not opening as many credit cards since I have so many miles and points and the pandemic. I've just decided to start maximizing what I have. So I'm using like the Chase Sapphire preferred a lot right now because they do a lot of uh, double the points. So that is that is really helpful because I'm there. I'm like, I'm not opening a lot of credit cards right now. And there's a lot of people who say, oh, well, you should do the shopping online portals. And I don't shop online. I don't really shop at all mm -hmm. anyway. So that strategy doesn't work for me at all. Uh, but I also wanted to, you know, at least maximize. And I know, especially now during the pandemic, a lot of cards are offering bonus incentive. Like for three month or two month time period, you could earn way more miles on particular categories than you were before. So when I am thinking about using my credit cards, I'm always looking at my emails because they always send me emails and let me know what's new and what I should know. But again, having a system so you know which cards to use when is super helpful. And I will definitely include the link to the points guy and also his app because that sounds like a really great resource. It is. It is. And I, I was right. I was just looking it up. The Chase Sapphire preferred right now, actually it ends September 30th, but it it is giving, like you said, special special bonuses. So it's three times on like Instacart purchases, you know? So yeah, because of the pandemic, a lot of banks are jumping on board with doing some extra perks to get people to still get the cards. Now, I know you mentioned the points guy several times. Do you have any more additional resources for those who want to learn more about points and miles? I started out with Million Mile Secrets. I think they actually were bought by the points guy taken over, but you know, they still exist. Million Mile Secrets is still its own um, resource. I love Award Wallet. Award Wallet is not only a great, a great way to organize all your miles and points that you can basically provide your login for your different mileage plans and your bank reward points and hotel points, and you look at it all in one place, like a dashboard for everything. And if you just pay a little bit a year, you get to have expiration alerts, really important. Um, and then that way you can, you know, not let your miles of points expire, which is another travel hack right there. And I think the other great thing is they now have an excellent email kind of newsletter that goes out that also offers a lot of great 
tips, tells you which cards to look out for. So I think they're a really great resource, especially for someone starting out. I will absolutely include those links in the show notes that you guys could go ahead and sign up. Now, Lizette, with the COVID pandemic, has your travel style changed since we're not flying? Um, are you thinking about still using your points for hotels? Just would love to hear your thoughts. Yes. Yes. Actually, good question. Um, I had been planning to go to Ireland in March. That obviously did not happen. And at the time, I was going to use a big chunk of my Hilton points um, on some nights in Dublin because there's I was going with um, my two brothers. And so we were going to get a couple different rooms. Well, I could save that for the trip whenever it may be, but I decided that we being my, we being my husband and my son and I, you know, we're a little stir crazy. So we're going to just take a road trip like many people are doing and go not too far away, um, just down the road into Oregon and stay in a hotel at a place that's more remote. It's still, you know, I mean, it's not super remote. There's a Hilton there, but it's Bend, Oregon, but there's a place we can get out of that town and go do a lot of outdoor activities. And what's great is the, they have like a, almost like a townhome set up, right? So there's an upstairs and a downstairs. I was even pretty surprised myself. I'm like, wait, what? There's like a loft? What? So we got a little kitchen and everything. So yeah, I'm like, okay, this is great. Almost feels like we're getting an Airbnb. Um, so I'm definitely going to keep doing that. There's also, you know, car rentals. I had a really great time renting a convertible to make my hometown feel more fun uh, by driving a convertible around. You know, you can use points to do car rentals. Um, again, the Chase Sapphire works really well for that and other bank reward points. So definitely I'm, I'm using my miles and points in different ways. Creative ways. Yeah. yeah which mm -hmm. I re creative way, which, which is really important during this time. One of the things for me that I think my specialty and my emphasis is on cheap flights and right now I'm in the period where I'm trying to observe as much as I can track baselines and see where things are going. So are you doing something similar knowing that you're in travel enthusiast? Are you studying to see how things are changing so that when the opportunity does come to travel that you're uh, you're maximizing your opportunities to do that? I'm keeping an eye on it. I'm kind of, you know, wondering what will happen in October when I think the airlines are going to be probably restructuring quite a bit, wondering if there'll be a lot less flights, you know, what what's going to happen with miles and points. I'm very interested in that. So I've been reading articles as I see them, you know, in different kind of newspapers online, things like that. But I'm just, yeah, I'm just keeping a light touch on it because I feel like things are going to continue to change. Well, another thing that's of great interest to me is what's happening with, with credit cards. And they are really trying to get people to sign up still. I started getting worried at first that I don't know, be the end of the of the travel hacking in some way. Um, but nope, looks like they're like, no, 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 please, please open our card. We, you could still use it for this. You could use it for that. So, you know, I think there's still going to be good deals with award travel. I'm hoping. Um, but I'm just wondering about it because the airlines are going to need money. And are they really going to let us have free seats? This is my paranoia. That's just me talking. And that's not like, you know, <laughs> I haven't seen anything that said, no, they're not going to let us have free seats. But you never I know. Might need to hit you up. Cheap flights, though. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine they're either, I feel like they're either going to go like totally cheap to get people to travel or it could get kind of weird and get expensive. I don't know. And that's I think that for me is what I'm interested in. So I could kind of know what's going on to see our flights 
going cheaper. And to be honest, I've seen a lot of flights like cheaper than cheap, like dirt, Mm -hmm. dirt, Mm -hmm. dirt, dirt. I've seen a little bit of that. Yeah. And it's shocking to see how cheap this is. But at this time, I know that, okay, if I spend this money, who knows what I'm going to actually be able to travel or if they're going to be giving my money back for any reason. So I'm just like, you know what? I'd rather just wait. But in the meantime, I'm still saving. So like you mentioned, in the meantime, you're still opening cards. You're still looking to see what's out there. And when the right opportunity strikes, you'll go ahead and do it. So I love that. Yeah. And I definitely have I definitely have some trips that I was planning to take. And what's nice is, you know, really love your books that you've been putting out, um, affording travel. And, you know, I think that saving right now has felt really good. And so that when the time comes, I can go where I want to go and actually have, because that was the thing I never really did was I didn't save on top of, I felt like I was saving so much just by, you know, having all these miles and points. I didn't always save for the extra things, you know, once I got there, but now I have that. So yes, I'm just waiting. And I'm also hoping they're going to extend expiration on miles and points because, you know, we can't really use them. I think a lot of a lot of um, airlines and hotels are doing that. So, yeah, I'm waiting also and saving money. I love that. Saving money is like I realized I was like, I actually could go to the far off places that I've always wanted to go to finally now because I usually like just buy flights as soon as I see them. And when you do that often, like your account starts to dwindle. But now it's been just sitting there. It's nice and fluffy. So I'm very excited for the Mm -hmm. future. (laughs) Me too. So excited. Well, is that this was an awesome conversation. I personally have learned a lot more and I feel excited and ready to see what credit card offers are out there. How can listeners connect with you and feel free to share any new projects that you have coming up as well? Yeah. So um, people can find me at jetsetlazette.com. That's my website. You can access my online course there, which is another great resource um, for, you know, getting started with uh, travel hacking. And then you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Jet Set Lizette. And Lizette is spelled with an S. I always feel like I have to say that because it sounds like a Z. Um, and then I also just want to mention that um, I do have some upcoming projects. I have my my podcast, which is, you know, the Globetrotter Lounge, but I am definitely thinking I'm going to launch another podcast early next year or maybe later in the year, depending on what's going on. But it's going to be about genetic genealogy and DNA travel. So uh, that is something that's in the works. Very exciting. I am excited for that. And I know that I will definitely be tuning in to learn all about it. Thanks again, everyone. Bye.